Burlington. Welcome to Net Zero Energy. I'm Jennifer Green, Director of Sustainability for the City of Burlington, where our goal is to reduce and eventually eliminate fossil fuel usage. The largest source of Burlington's 100% renewable energy portfolio is the wood we turn into power at McNeil Generating Station down in the Intervale. Today, I'm chatting with Betsy Lesnikowski, BED's Chief Forester. Betsy's role is to ensure that the wood burned at McNeil is harvested sustainably and ethically. There's so much more to Betsy's work, and I'm excited to share our conversation. Betsy, it's really a pleasure to have you with us today on the Net Zero Energy Podcast. It's especially uh, a pleasure because you play such a unique and special part of BED. You are our chief forester. Can you uh, introduce yourself, Betsy, and tell us a little bit about what that means? Sure. Uh, My title is Chief Forester. Uh, We have four foresters that work at the McNeil Station. Per our operating permit, we're required to have them. Uh, So I I have three foresters that work underneath me. Um, Our role is to be sure that the wood that we bring into the McNeil Station has been sustainably harvested. And in doing that, we work with landowners and other foresters and loggers Uh, We check out the harvesting sites. We're required to provide a harvest plan to the State Fish and Wildlife Department to get approval before the harvest begins. They're looking at impacts on deer yards, wetland, threatened and endangered species. And if any of those criteria are present on the site, we modify the harvest to uh, protect and promote those things. Once the job is approved, our foresters are on site making sure the harvest plans are being followed, uh, making sure anything that needs to be protected is protected, and making sure that the closeout is done afterwards so that wetlands are buffered, skid trails have water bars, everything stays in place. Uh, So the majority of our time is in the field meeting with these foresters, landowners, and loggers, developing harvest plans, and then monitoring the jobs afterwards. Well, thank you. That was a really comprehensive (laughs) answer. And I'm going to go back and ask you some specifics. Sure. But maybe in the meantime, we can take a step back and just talk just briefly for folks that don't know about how McNeil fits in to Burlington's success story. So in 2014, we became the first city in the country to source 100% of our electricity from renewables. And of course, that includes solar, wind, hydro, and most notably, biomass, and the electricity that we generate at the McNeil plant down in the Intervale. So you're, you're based in at the McNeil plant. So we... BED is 50% ownership of McNeil. We have three other joint owners, BED, Green Mountain Power, and VEPSA, which is a consortium of small municipal utilities across the state, are the three owners of McNeil. Back in the 1950s, Burlington wanted to be energy independent, and they developed and built the Moran plant down on the waterfront, which was a coal-fired plant. Over time, there was some concern about burning coal. Neighbors weren't really happy. So in the late 70s, they converted two out of the three boilers at Moran to burn wood to see how it would work. It was so successful that the city put a bond up 
1980, I believe, to build a McNeil station. And this came right after the energy crisis of the late 70s and there was no gasoline and oil was going to be over $100 a barrel and we needed an alternative source to produce electricity. McNeil came online uh, commercially in 1984. So we've been burning wood, creating electricity now for over 35 years. We, from the forestry aspect, like to point out that over that time frame, we've been able to revisit sites that have been harvested in the past. Uh, that's primarily due to the fact that our harvest plans are forward thinking, looking to, to improve the sites so that there, you can go back every so often and harvest more wood. That's really great background. And it's just a reminder that we are part of this living history of BED in the city. And it's not our energy sources and our thinking about energy is not stagnant. It's evolved from coal to, of course, now renewable energy. Betsy, you talked a little bit about uh, these stands and uh, forest sites, but I don't think these are owned by BED. Can you tell us sort of what you mean by that? Where are these sites and who are we supporting by, by harvesting there? <laughs> sure. Um, we do not own any land, so all of the wood we get comes from primarily private woodlot owners throughout Vermont and upstate New York. Um, we work with these people to be sure that their harvest plans are being followed. If they are part of the uh, Vermont current use plan, they have a forest management plan already. We make sure those plans are being followed and sometimes have to modify those if the impact on a deer yard is not written in the plan, we'll have them changed because the UVA program does not specifically look at deer yards. So we contract with logging contractors. We don't own any equipment. So everything is by contract with local uh, suppliers. We have a range of suppliers. We have people that own everything from the chipper to the cutter to the skidder to the trucks. Or we have smaller operators that may just have a skidder and a loader and they can stockpile their low-grade wood for us to come in after the fact and have chipped. Um, we also buy a little bit of round wood from very small time operators that don't have the equipment to put up a big chip pile. So we have a wide range of suppliers from, from a small guy with a chainsaw and a cable skidder to somebody with a multi-million dollar spread of equipment. So it sounds like we are really supporting the Vermont economy. This is wood that would be harvested Otherwise, you had mentioned scrap wood or low um, grade. Can you talk about that? Sure. So what we end up getting is really what's left over from logging jobs. It's the tops, the branches, or the wood that doesn't have another home that, that isn't viable for saw logs or pulpwood or even firewood. There are certain species that just don't meet that criteria, but they need to come out of the forest. So that's the type of wood we get. Um, the majority of the wood being harvested is, is sent out for other products, and we get the residues that are left over. We also get some sawmill residue, which is what's left over after the logs have been sawn into lumber. There's bark, there's sawdust, and there's some 
edgings that get chipped. So we get sawmill residue, woods residue, and we have a waste wood drop-off site down at the McNeil station for community members to bring in any clean, untreated wood, brush, or pallet. Um, that wood is ground periodically, and we use that at the plant also. Well, thanks, Betsy. That seems like you're making an important point. BED is not taking wood, not taking anything other than, say, scrap wood or waste wood, from, and is, which is a byproduct from other what we call high-end uses. And I assume that high-end use is construction or furniture, Correct. for example. So you cannot survive on chip wood alone, which is what we want. Uh, we don't want people just going out and indiscriminately chipping wood just to make money. So our price is the lowest of any product out there. And it's really the residue that's left over. Our forestry in Vermont is very, very different from some of the forestry that happens, say, in the southern United States, where they grow plantations, harvest them all at once for pellets or other manufactured products, and then replant we do not do that in Vermont or in the Northeast. The majority of the wood that we harvest is maybe a quarter to a third of what's on the site each time, uh, allowing more wood to grow in. For the landowner, they don't make very much money on the chip wood, but it allows them to follow their forest management plan and to harvest some of the low-grade wood that they normally could not sell. For the logger, they don't live on the money from the chipwood, but it's just a little extra to put them over the top, and it gives them a little bump on their final bottom line. You talked a little bit about sort of the small-scale person and then the very large-scale, well-capitalized person. How many of those folks are there in total? I would say across the board, we have maybe 75 different operators from across that whole scale. And you mentioned Vermont and New York. Can you talk about the radius by which that those um, chips come to us? Yes. And the reason we do have wood coming in from upstate New York is because our permit requires us to bring 75% of our wood in by rail. And our rail yard happens to be located in Swanton, which is about 35 miles north of Burlington, right on the corner, northwest corner of Vermont, and very close to New York. And that opens up the whole northeastern part of northern New York, which has no low-grade markets either. So that gives the people, landowners and loggers in that area, an opportunity to, again, do for good forest management and get a little extra for their operation. That wood goes into Swanton, is loaded on rail cars, and we bring in about a train a day, five trains a week, to the plant to help offset truck traffic going through Winooski. So five trains a week coming in. Um, we see sometimes or hear those trains. I've been on the plant. We see the <laughs> unloading. What most of us don't know then, once things are burned internally, there is what folks might think of as a pollutant, but that what we see coming out the stack is what exactly? What you see from the stack and the cooling towers is basically water vapor. Uh, our flue gases pass through what's called an electrostatic precipitator that pulls the particulates, the, the fly ash, out of the flue gases. They go through an RSCR, which also helps reduce the nitrogen oxide from the gas. So by the time the flue gases get to the 
the stack, it's basically water. Wood's almost 50% water. So you have to dry that moisture out of the chips before you can get the BTU values. And that's what you see going up through the stack. Okay, that's good to know. I think there's a, some confusion about what we see when we see those big plumes, and it's water vapor, It's water vapor. And again, like I said, wood's 50% water, basically 45, 50% water. So you have to drive that water off before you can realize the value of the BTU values. So how much time are you at McNeil, Betsy, versus, say, in the field? I'm at the office two days a week, Mondays and Fridays, and the rest is field. And, and the same with my foresters. They're there. We're all in the office Monday and Friday doing paperwork, paying suppliers, that type of thing. And the rest of the time we're out in the field doing these harvest um, reports, the plans, the notifications, and then monitoring the jobs. So what's the thing you like best about your job, Betsy? Every day is different. You cannot predict what's going to happen. You think you've got everything lined up, and the only thing you know, it's going to change. We know forestry schools around the country are churning out graduates who go to different places, do different things. Would you ever have expected you'd be working for an electric utility? No. I actually went to my undergraduate work at the University of Maine. I worked for International Paper Company in Maine and then in New York State, and decided to go back to graduate school. And so I came to UVM, and that's how I got to Burlington. And this job opened up, and it looked interesting, and I've been here ever since. But, yeah, I guess I never would have said I'd be here for as many years as I have been. Doing forestry, no less, for an electric yeah. utility. But the other thing that we talk about in Burlington and Vermont is this celebration of local. And we in Burlington talk about our local bookstores, our local food. I think it's really interesting for us to, to expand that concept of local and to be thinking about a local, a local electricity. And just given the fact that you've mentioned how relatively small the radius is by which we source the scrap wood, Essentially, we're talking local electricity and supporting local when we sort of pride ourselves in McNeil and what it has to it, offer exactly. to our grid. And I think that's a point that needs to be made that this is locally sourced wood from 60-mile radius around McNeil or Swanton, keeping dollars local, uh, money that goes into the logging community, the landowner community, the forester community. And it's wood that we continue to get if you've got a good actively managed forest. You're producing wood more and more over time. So local wood is always available. Betsy, really, it's a pleasure to have you. Thank you so much. And can I just personally say how proud I am to work in a utility that's got a chief forester who happens to be female identifying and is so skilled and has been with us so long and has such a breadth of information and knowledge. Thank you. Thank you again for listening to Net Zero Energy. If you have any questions about this podcast or what BED offers regarding rebates, incentives, and technological support, don't hesitate to look for us at burlingtonelectric.com, to call us at 865-7300, or to follow us on Facebook. We're always here to help, and we look forward to engaging with you on our mutual path to Net Zero Energy. Thank you.